It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, I got a new game for you guys. We can we can do this throughout the off season as we see fit. Okay, mm-hmm. it's called running the bases. Four hard hitting, pressing topics or questions related to the Twins, baseball or life. Oh, nice! Running the bases. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're okay. gonna run the bases. We'll run the bases. We're gonna run the bases. We're gonna trot right. around the bases. All right. Let's do it. This Let's is the Score North Twin Show, where we're still working on our slogan after they have crossed off the boxes of winning a playoff game and winning a playoff series for the first time in two decades. So I present to you four hard-hitting topics and or questions. Starting with this one, first base. We have a random twin of the week, too, coming at you on this episode. First base, an update on the Twins TV situation from The Athletic. As they chase down their third division title in five seasons, the Twins estimate they reached only 30% of their entire viewing audience in 2023. Whether via cord cutting, blackouts, or no viable streaming options for local customers, team sources said the organization's reach was significantly limited. According to team sources, Twins territory contains perhaps as many as 4.5 million households about 3 million more than the team was able to reach in 2023. So they're saying there's 3 million households out there in Twins territory. I love I love how they declared it Twins territory. Do we capitalize the T in territory? I, say, I think they do. Yeah, right? yeah, I think that yeah. Yeah, they do. And so expanding its audience and reducing blackouts are the team's biggest goals for 2024 and beyond as they look for new broadcast partners and options. The Twins believe out of sight, out of mind could be one of the big reasons that they failed to attract uh, 2 million fans at Target Field last year, despite spending a record high on Uh payroll. So I guess my question is, what do you make of the Twins saying, basically saying, wow, we were only reaching like a third of the people with our old antiquated TV contract. What do you make of this? Uh, Here's what I make of of this in in having read the um, story this morning is this. You know a good way to not draw more folks? Do you know a good way to not get more people who might subscribe to your whatever it is service? Cutting your payroll. This is exactly what I was talking about last week. This is not the time to cut your payroll. I know it's going to be short-term pain, right? But if you want more people to come to your games and you want more people potentially, if you can offer them a service, and, and I mean we are now, and this is awesome, in the era of streaming. So we're not talking about you got to buy the whole package. We're talking about buying a package of Twins games. How on earth is um, short-term saying, well, we're going to take a financial hit, so we actually have to potentially make our team worse. How is that a good idea right now? It's not. It's a terrible business decision. Take the short-term hit. I know it's going to hurt, but if you want to grow, and, and look, here's the thing. If I was an advisor, which we all should be for the poll ads on media, Nobody has screwed the pooch more than the poll ads. They started Victory Sports while they were in the Metrodome and politicking for a new stadium. And you know what the politicians said? Our constituents all hate you now. We're not building you a stadium. They went to, they, they decided to put their games on a radio station that had music on it. 
It made no bleeping sense. K-twin. So li- K-twin. Yeah. So listen to me. And then they went to Go because they're like, Go is more hip. Like, you, you know what's not what's not hip? When somebody, when when a young non-baseball fan gets in their car and punches 96.3, and God bless them, I love them, but Corey Provis is on instead of the songs that these kids wanted, right? The yeah. Polads have, at every turn, never understood how media works. So I'm going to give them some help here. I'm going to give them some help. First of all, don't go back to Bally's. You just admitted yourself that you are shortchanging yourself. Like your statistics just said that you are not available to a huge number of customers. So, uh, so like a year at Bally's, you've had plenty of time. This has been coming for months now. Okay, there is a so, note in the article that says they may do a one-year deal. Yeah, which as is they try to figure this out. Thank you. Which is stupid. Okay, yeah. so that's one. That's off the table. The second, but but the other thing here is, do yourself a favor. Pump money, and even if you have to take a loss for a year or two years, pump money into your product to make it as attractive as possible. I'm telling you guys, the victory sports thing is in play again here. Why on earth would you take your games to your own channel, which, by the way, is not a bad idea, but why would you take your games to your own channel when you were trying to get a new stadium and you gave every politician in the state a reason to say, you're just pissed off everyone in my territory, in my territory, which is more important than Twins territory. So. This this story actually drove me crazy yeah. because if they don't do this right, and that includes keeping your payroll at least relatively close to where it was, you are again not understanding how the media landscape works. And last thing is, and I know this for a fact because I know him, Dave St. Peter is a smart dude. He comes from a PR background. He knows all this stuff. So Joe, Jim, Polad family, listen to him. Let Dave don't- cook. Let Dave cook and get out Slay of the, the way dragon. and do not act like you know the media business because you don't. Let St. Peter sizzle. Let, Ooh, I like that. Let, let St. Peter pop. That's good. Oh, no, sizzle. That's a good rant. Sizzle. Yeah, I, I think like, I mean, generally the twins saying that, hey, there's the twins are basically saying based on the constraints of these sort of old timey TV contracts, we aren't reaching nearly as many fans as we could, which is a fact. But it's also not just unique to the Twins. This is baseball's biggest problem, games being unavailable. You know that if you live in, is it Iowa? There's a couple states where, like, if you live in Iowa, five. you're blacked out from streaming five different teams. Yep, five. Because you're, you're not allowed to stream games locally unless it's, this is why it's ridiculous. So Bally's and uh, Diamond Sports Group or whatever it was, had they had the rights, they paid for the rights to distribute the games for all these years for the Twins. And they formed deals independently with uh, Xfinity, with Hulu at the time live, with YouTube TV live, with all these different streaming platforms, right? Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, YouTube TV and, and others said, sling, whatever these options are, right? They said, well, dude, we're not going to, no, you guys are like, you're not that valuable to us. And you could, we could debate who's at fault, but like a deal fell through. And so now if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, all these other platforms, you're just eliminated from watching Twins games unless you go and sign up for a cable package that you don't want all these other channels. If like we're in an age now where almost every relevant, competent media platform, you can just pay a la carte for that platform, right? If I want to watch Disney movies, I'll just pay 15 bucks a month to watch Disney movies. If I want to watch... Uh, you know, whatever. Like, if I want to watch NFL games and I'm living anywhere I want to, like, you should be able to watch games from any device anywhere in the country and pay for it if you want to. 
So whatever the Twins do, just be accessible. Like by the way, football is a like every Sunday. It's only seventeen games. Football is a lean forward, carve out a full day for your team type of a sport. Baseball's not like that. There are some games where you do that. Baseball's just background music. It's it's always available. You're not going to like cancel plans on a Tuesday night. You got a kid's uh, piano recital or you know whatever it is. Jugwood. Like you're not Jugwood probably. Uh, I cancel. I cancel on the kid. But yeah. But most normal human beings Correct. aren't canceling plans to watch baseball. So you just you need to make it available so they can stream it on their phone from a restaurant from wherever you are, right? So that's my rant. And don't devalue your product. Now is not the time. You are, you know, if you cut your payroll substantially, you are devaluing a product that you're trying to get more people excited about. Yeah, I'd be shocked if there wasn't a streaming option in their next package. I don't think it's going to be a contract situation with like Dish or Xfinity or DirecTV. I think there's going to be a streaming option available to fans that might cost more, but that will be available in some capacity. Okay, uh, second base here as we run the bases on the score on our twin show. A hot stove update for you guys from John Morosi, MLB Network. Reckless speculation. Uh He reports, Jorge Polanco is someone who is available, and people around the industry think there's a very strong chance the Twins will, in fact, move move on from Polanco this winter and trade him somewhere. What do you think the Twins could get for Polanco? Just generally. I don't need, like, a specific name. And how will you remember Polanco in his Twins career if he does indeed uh, get traded somewhere? Go ahead, Declan. Uh, probably you're looking at, I don't know, if, if in terms of the compensation back or like like some type of realistic uh, return, I'd probably like, what, a fringe top 10 prospect? Maybe like you're not going to get a top five prospect for Jorge Polanco, nor should you. He's also making $10 million. Um, I think you'll remember him as a pretty solid infielder. And And by the way, like the Twins... And I know there's a question here later on in, as we circle the bases, round the bases. Um, they had just some ridiculous turnover at the middle infield, man, for years. There was a different opening day shortstop second base combination at some yeah. point for like a 12-year stretch. In fact, fun idea for a game. We should try to name the starting shortstop and second base combinations of the last like 20 years of Twins baseball because there are it. some hilarious names on there. Um, and again, I think he's someone, we talked about Anthony Barr on Purple Daily that maybe was like misused, but I think as as you leave and as they go on, like you'll remember Jorge Polanco as a pretty solid infielder that was mostly really reliable with his bat. You know, not the best with his glove, but a really solid hitter in an era where middle infielders aren't really that that consistent with their power and bat. So I think they'll remember him as a, as a decent player. And the return, I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but I wouldn't be like expecting this absurd haul for Jorge Polanco. You're, you're trading him to clear some salary yeah I, I wonder if you could get like a, a bullpen arm or something like that now dex is probably right it, it would probably be i i don't think you get a top 10 prospect i think it might be a, a like 11 to 15 type prospect or or like an arm but it's not going to be great i'll, I'll remember polanco in about three or four snapshots um if you guys remember his first game i think was against the marlins and he came up as a kid the twins i think were i think they had an injury at shortstop and Phil probably recalls this, and he was young, and I think he came straight up from like class A yeah. for a game, uh, was sent back down shortly after that. And I think 
we were all like, oh, my God, you don't bring up a guy from Class A, or it's certainly not the norm. Uh, the second thing is I will always remember the um, the meltdown at shortstop against the Astros in the playoffs um, as sort of a, oh, my God, he really can't play shortstop. And my last one is tough as nails player who finally began to break down um, because, I mean, he had an extended stretch there where, where the Twins would IL you for a hangnail, and Polanco – was basically an Iron Man began to break down, and I don't know if he's ever going to get back to healthy fully. Uh, but those are the three snapshots at which I will recall Polanco. Yeah, I would say like when he's been fully healthy, which is basically two years of his god ten year Twins career. If you count the first the, the years that you're talking about, where he got called up prematurely out yep. of desperation, were 2014, and then again in 2015, wow. and then his he was 20 years old. Maybe even 19 when they called him up. I remember when I covered the Twins beat, I had a conversation with Jake Maurer, who was his manager in Fort Myers, Joe's brother, obviously. And this is like 2012. And the Twins had a good group of prospects. And I said, hey, of all the you know, 19-year-olds on your team right now, which, which one do you think in five years we're going to be talking about? Like, that's a guy. And I think Sano was down there at the time, too. And he said, without hesitation, Jorge Polanco. That dude wow. with the glove, like, and so his two fully healthy seasons were 2019 where he got MVP votes and 2021 when he hit 33 home runs and drove in 98, scored 97, had an OPS of well over 800. Um, I think at his best, he's one of the better middle infielders basically since Chuck Knobloch, right? Like <laughs> in terms of second baseman. She was a shortstop for those two seasons mostly, but really good player. Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather have a, a good prospect or two. You're not going to get like a top three prospect, but if you can get if you can get someone's like tenth best prospect for him. And the reason I say that instead of like an established player is I think they're going to need trade chips to use. They need to beef up their farm system here so that they can make a trade in June or July sure. when they're looking to add some ammunition. And I think you're better off having another trade chip, just, just a little bit more depth in your farm system pipeline um, than, you know, like one year of a reliever, but we'll see what's out there. Okay, third base, a hypothetical for you guys. So Craig Council took a job. Craig Council, who's a Milwaukee guy, Brewers fans love this guy, right? Hey, I'm from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. I'm one of you guys. This is my team. He's been managing. I've heard great things about him. Behind, I have a couple connections who work for the Brewers. Everyone loved Craig Council. And he takes a job with one of the biggest rivals of the Brewers, the Chicago Cubs, for more money. And Brewers fans are pissed about Craig Council leaving Milwaukee. And Council was like, I was kind of surprised how mad they were. So kind of an awkward, messy situation. Which Minnesota sports figure would you never forgive if they left for a rival team? Could be a player, could be a coach. Ooh, this is a good one. I think Joe Mauer, Current? Joe Mauer in any type of AL Central team, mostly not like a the White Sox consultant oh, Joe Mauer. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, I I would if like white if, if like he left. Like let's say he left. Let's just say he left in free agency, like and went to the White Sox, like in his prime. I don't think I could forgive Joe Mauer for that. I think the one would. I think the one that I can think of, not current, would have been if Puckett left. Didn't he almost sign with the Red Sox? 
he talked to him. I don't think he ever was going to leave here. And the, the twins at the time paid him huge. I, in fact, the night he signed, I want to say the night he signed his three-year, $9 million deal. I think that set a MLB record at the time. Mm. And I think it was exceeded by Ricky Henderson shortly thereafter. But if like Kirby Puckett had gone back home to Chicago, the White Sox or Cubs, I think we would have really, really felt. Because, I mean, he was so intertwined in the fabric, right, of the mm-hmm. scene here. Um, I don't – I'm trying to think of currently. I'm not sure there's one. There's not that many – the problem is there's not that many rivalries now. Like, who's the Wilds rival? Like, if Kaprizov went to the Blackhawks, it'd be like – And we sort of expect know. him to potentially leave, don't yeah. we? <laughs> Nah. Like, like it's like he he might leave in a couple yeah. of years. Like the Timberwolves I'm vitriol. Yeah, like if Anthony Edwards went to the Nuggets, I'm trying to think of who the Timberwolves' but, rival even is right now. They haven't been good enough to have rivals. But like if Justin Jefferson left, I think we'd be to the bummed. Packers. The if Packers Jefferson got, went to the yeah. Packers, okay, or the Bears. Yeah, I think we'd yeah. be pretty pissed about that. Which you know, Vikings maybe they reach an impasse with these contract talks. You know, Bears are looking for another weapon. Yeah, he might go to the Bears eventually. I, I don't see – I think the Packers are in for a long cycle of not being good. Could you imagine if, like, Bud Grant had gone right. to coach the Packers in the late 80s? I'm trying something? to think. if We're probably get, getting to, to that point a little bit with a guy like O'Connell because I think we really like him and trust him. Because I think the council thing is a trust thing, right? Yeah, but and by the way, not, like, from Minnesota, too, which makes it yeah, a little true. different. Yeah, true. And, and and in council's defense here, the Brewers are something's up there. Like this is more than him. Yeah. Um. There. It Huge sounds like front office shakeup, like, and it sounds like they want to peel parts. Like it's it sounds like they're shopping all of their good players. That's why Cor is it uh, Corbin Burns? Like, dude, there's you should be calling if you're if you're Falvey, find a way to uh, Devin Wil- Williams, the closer. It sounds like they're trying to shop him. So Craig coach. Council might might have got out for self preservation purposes. Yeah. Okay, we're rounding third now. Rounding the bases on the way home here is the final question for you. Okay. I'm like Ostadia. Just a random question for you guys. Who was your favorite obscure Twins player when you were a kid? Oh, oh, I've got a, I've got a bunch of these, and I mean obscure '80s players. Um, there was a, there was a platoon second baseman by, by the name of Pete McCannon, who I brought up before because he played for the Expos as well. Yeah. Uh, and he played after Rob Wilfong. I think he was traded to the Angels. Pete played a lot of second base at the Met, and he was about as obscure of journeyman at the time as that that gets. I, I love John Castino, but he can't be considered obscure. Um, and then in the outfield, it was probably it was probably Dan Ford, who Royce loves. He's just a goofball. But like, there's a lot. There's the twins have been literally disco Danny Ford, disco Dan Ford with Hoskin Powell and Bombo Rivera out there. Um, but there are just a ton of great because there have been so many bad years. Twins obscure players. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot. I became a Twins fan. Like first conscious memory was the 2001 team, um, and then I gravitated towards a bunch of those guys. I loved Kyle Loesch. Was a big Kyle Loesch fan who actually ended up having a pretty good career what? after he left the Twins. Yeah, I loved Kyle Loesch. Big fan of Kyle Loesch. Beat all 30 teams, one of the few pitchers who has beaten every team in Major League Baseball history. Um, got mad at Gardy. Got mad at Gardy, reportedly. Didn't he, like, put a bat through his door when he got yeah, pulled or yeah, something? Dent. He put a dent. dent. He swung a bat at Gardy's office door. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but probably the most obscure one, and this is actually a fun fun story I can, I can tell quickly. Uh, I loved Michael Ryan. 
You guys remember Michael Ryan, former yeah, top left prospect, hand, left-handed hitter, right? Yeah. So um, he actually, when he came up in that, he made the playoff roster in 03. Um, So my uncle and dad were huge in like the eBay craze when eBay launched like early 2000s, late 90s and stuff. And yeah. I was at my uncle's like, this is a few years back. And he brings out a Twins pinstripe Michael Ryan jersey from 2003. He proceeds to tell me that he remembers me saying that I loved Michael Ryan as a kid. And like years later, he's on eBay and finds a Michael Ryan jersey and has been holding on to it for like 13, 14 years. And now I have a twins Michael Ryan jersey in my closet. That's awesome. That's awesome. I should probably wear it on the show. show I probably should wear it on the show. You should. You should be. Dude, you should be wearing that around. People would think it's like a created jersey. Yeah. Because they wouldn't think that it's a Michael Ryan jersey. Yeah. And even or they think it's a Joe Ryan jersey with the wrong It's number. funny, too. So it, it definitely works for our, our rules of jerseys. You're about to say, yeah. And, yeah. He's, he's, 40, and he's 46 Super, years old, yeah. so he's, he's older oh, than me. Yeah. You know, he's, that he's easily 15 works. years older than I am. So I love that, dude. Yeah, I think uh, so. So Declan kind of grew up like, like late 90s, early 2000s. I was my first conscious Twins memories were the 91 World Series. I remember going to school and the newspaper clippings were up and stuff. But the first season that I was then like engaged as a fan, I was a seven year old in 1992 throughout the mid 90s. So mm-hmm. I jumped on the wave going into the darkest period in Twins history. 92 teams good though. But I do, yeah, I do remember some good players, like just some fun role players from those teams. Uh, Pedro Munoz was one of my favorite players as a kid. Saw him in a Perkins once. You saw Pedro Munoz in a Perkins late night. I was in, I was in there, and in comes Pedro. He was a corner outfielder, sort of opposite yeah. Kirby. They moved Kirby Puckett to right field, didn't they, toward the end I think there? Pedro played Pedro. left field, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Shane Mack was another one. Was uh, good. But I was a big Randy Bush fan as a kid. Oh, yeah. Because he was their like, main – he was a starting player for them in the 80s, but then he became kind of a pinch-hitting specialist throughout, like, 92, 3, maybe 94, right? One of the great slides in Twins history, 87 against the Cardinals, that backdoor home plate slide is still yes. a phenomenal slide by Randy Bush. And so one of the That's cool memories one. of my adulthood in 2009, uh, Doogie was set to get married, oh, our yeah. dad Doogie from the school. Hilarious. And we we had a group, it was like 10 or 12 of us for Doogie's bachelor party out in Chicago. We went to Harry Carey Steakhouse. We watched the Cubs game, went to Harry Carey Steakhouse, about to stay out late. So, and we're all like mostly from Minnesota or originally from Minnesota. And so we're up in this like private dining area, table for 12. And Randy Bush was the assistant GM for the Cubs at the time. And he had caught wind that there was a group from Minnesota upstairs. He came up and hung out. He had his World Series ring on, too, from 87. He came up and told stories and hung out for over an hour and drank whiskey and stuff. Just just awesome. a ball guy. A ball yeah, guy. Yeah, just love ball. Down, yeah. Love ball. So not, not those pansies who like analytics. He wanted no, to I, no he, I think analytics came up at one point. He, with a whiskey in his hand, with that World Hell Series yeah. ring clanking on the glass. Feel like, it's like, oh. Ah, it feels like I, I hate them, too. Analytics are stupid. And then Theo Epstein came along a few years later and, uh, you know, won them their first World Series. So. Yeah. Randy Bush right. is a great one. Randy Bush, man. Uh, I have a random twin of the week. I lost last week, so I give the clues to you guys in a battle of twins' historical wits. Are you guys ready to compete against Let's each other? Let's do it. Let's do it. i got to close the computer. All right. Let's so go. to this point... In our random twin of the week, historically, I have eight wins. Judd has five. Declan has four. 
Judd's on a three-week win streak with Dave Winfield, Craig Breslow, Glenn Williams. Prior to that, it was Butch Husky, Ryan Presley, and Gary Gaetti. Declan looking for his fifth victory here. His last one was Henry Blanco a couple months back. I I was pissed about Breslow last week. Or last time. Let's see what you got here against Judd today, Declan. And so what are the wins at again? Or the... Or the records? Are you doing this to taunt Declan, or are you just asking? Are you asking? No, I'm genuinely? asking. Okay. I I missed him. I was. You're prepping mentally computer. for the. Yes. Uh, yes. I have eight. You have okay. five. Judd and Declan has four. Okay, so Dex can tie me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Or or not. Or attention. you could or you could build a, a cushion. I was not paying enough attention. Okay, let's go. I have a series of clues. You guys get up to three strikes each. If you hit the third strike, the other person wins. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This random twin of the week had a 196 career batting average. You did, you did this before, okay? Potentially, potentially. Oh, I'm with this. No, I don't. But I this this random twin of the week was intentionally walked one time in his career, which you would expect for a 196 career hitter. You're probably not going to walk that guy very often, but someone did. But he did get okay. This random twin of the week played in 553 career Major League Baseball games. Okay. This random twin of the week retired from professional baseball pretty recently, actually, 2022, and became a bullpen coach. A Major League bullpen coach. Butera. Drew Butera. Probably it. Wow, dude, that's impressive work by you. Was it that obvious that he's a, the Angels bullpen coach? Yeah, because yeah. I saw it on 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 the uh, roster when I went to the Angels Twins game. I should have left that one out. Yeah, I you, thought about leaving that one out. I wasn't sure if you guys knew that he was the Angels bullpen coach. I thought, yeah. oh, it's like a oh, they're gonna think it's a pitcher because he's a bullpen coach. But you guys well, are first, a step step ahead of me. Yeah, I'm still used to catchers. Being a ball guy myself, I'm still used to the catchers being bullpen coaches. Yeah. You're right. It's probably more frequent now that it's former pitchers. Drew Butera. Yeah, he was. Uh, other clues were fastball clocked in the mid-90s. Yeah. Was heavily involved in two no-hitters. In his, he caught two no-hitters. I was at one of them, uh, the Liriano no-hitter in 2011 in Chicago. The one with six walks? Was it six? I, I think it was like yeah, eight. More than that. <laughs> like eight walks. Well, eight, yeah. It was, it was a lot was, of walks. It was a literally no-no. Screaming line drive by Adam Dunn at, yep. I think, shortstop Matt Tolbert yep. to close out that game. Yep. Uh, he had 1,500 career Major League plate appearances, 19 home runs, second-generation twin, and played for Team Italy in the 2013 World Baseball Classic. Also was an original founding member of the Fun Bunch in that Twins clubhouse. He was? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I didn't know that. What a World Series. A little bit more of like a mature sort of version. His of dad it, was a was... Twins player. Sal, 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 Butera Sal Butera was a backup catcher in 87 and, and in his second stint, I believe, with the Twins. Yeah. I think he was a scout for the Blue Jays last time I looked. Yeah. So, wow, Judd picked up his sixth victory in impressive fashion there. Declan will give I was on a long, long drought before this. Yeah, and now you got four three. consecutive wins. It's a, it's a dynasty here brewing for Judd in random twin of the week. Something like so. that. 
Hey, thanks for hanging out with us uh, during these off-season episodes of the Score Our Twin Show. You can help us grow the show and this awesome community of Twins fans by clicking the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and by giving us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts as we uh, keep our eye on the hot stove this winter for Judd, for Dex, for Phil, and for uh, the Butera family. We'll see you guys next time on the Scorner Twin Show.